If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. What's up and welcome back to the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the new face of video games, Blessing at Aoye Jr. What's up, Tim? And joining us for the first time on this show, I can't believe it's the very first time I am doing a show with this man. It is the one, the only Patreon producer extraordinaire of Kind of Funny for, for many, many months over the last couple of years. We love him so much, Sancho West. Woo! Oh, gentlemen, Tim, Blessing. Barrett, it's good to be here and all the kind of funny people out there. I'm very much excited to be on this show. I can't believe that it's been a, such a long time, but like I was saying right before setting this all up, I mean, we got to You got to get the boys together for some fun, you know? Exactly, exactly. Of course, he's been on Games Daily before. This is not oh, yeah. his first kind of funny appearance, but it is his first time doing a show with me, which I'm excited about. Uh, we were supposed to have Andy here as well, uh, but there was some unfortunate news. His grandpa passed away. So everybody, please go send some sweet, nasty love to at the Andy Cortez on Twitter. He needs it now. Um, he was going to give his Solar Ash review on this, but that will have to wait for later. Uh, Blessing, of course, will be stepping up and giving his thoughts on the game uh, instead. But please go send that sweet nasty love but having said all that let's get into the show because of course this is the kind of funny games cast where each and every week we get together to talk about video games and all the things that we love about them of course you can get it on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or roosterteeth.com if you wanted to get it as a podcast just search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny games cast and we'll be right there for you a quick shout out to screen rants for making a list and bless i'm not even gonna yeah. call this a shit list putting the kind of funny games cast is one of the top 10 uh, video game podcasts which is very very cool thank oh, you yeah. so much for that uh, a ton of PSLV awesome was people snubbed. yeah PSLV, PSLV was, snubbed. was definitely but hey, snubbed but yeah forza, yeah exactly but forza also <laughs> somehow snubbed for this one too <laughs> exactly exactly a lot of snubs around Eternal. yeah so many so many snubs uh but if you want to not snub us you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like our patreon producers pranksy tyler ross delaney twinning julian the gluten-free gamer alex j sandoval techie haas james hastings casey andrew and pranksy have all done we appreciate you so much and because of your support you get to watch the show ad free you get to watch it live as it's recorded and you get the exclusive post show that we are going to do after the show hence the post show it's a whole thing uh if you don't have any bucks to toss our way that's cool you can use our epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like when you're buying stuff in rocket league or Fortnite to help support kind of funny and the big beautiful kids uh, we're the kids in this case uh, Tim, have you been but, seeing the rocket league stuff on tiktok no i haven't i don't know what's up my algorithm but i swear you know how like when you're scrolling through they'll show you the live streams that people are doing mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. i've hit the point in my algorithm where it's turned into a lot of people like video game streaming through tiktok and like they're doing it in really cool ways because there's not like an OBS for TikTok necessarily. And so like they'll put a camera in like a weird angle and they'll show themselves in the mirror and that's how they do like the picture in picture. I my algorithm is taking the next step into just showing me Rocket League lives. Like people playing Rocket League and doing these really cool Rocket League modes that I don't know if I don't know if they're like mods or whatever, but like 
It's really cool stuff, Rock, and I Rock didn't know if this is just a me it's thing. It's got a lot of cool modes, plus. It's got yeah. a lot of cool modes. But, like, not just, not just like, the basketball stuff or, like, the mode where, like, the floor falls away. I was watching earlier today somebody play Rocket League, and it was 2D Rocket League. And it was, like, rock, like the same mechanics. It was the same game, but it was Rocket League on a, two, uh, on a, a 2D plane where it was, like, 2v2. And they just had to, like, worry about getting, like, the right height on the floats and, like, you know, getting the right angles on the balls and not having to worry about that in 3D. Like, that's one thing I've been seeing a lot. And then also, like, Rocket League obstacle courses and a bunch of, like, really interesting Rocket League shit that is populating my TikTok. What was it? The, when you say 2D, is it, like, the same engine as Yes. The I'm pretty sure it is, like, the exact same game. But either modded or I don't know if this I is just a rock. This, this sounds vaguely familiar. I'm gonna look it up. Rocket League. It, may, it, it might I be official like Rocket League stuff. Thing or something like that. I thought I, it might be, but it looks exactly like Rocket League, and it's just 2D. Huh. And it's very fascinating. That yeah, and I like think, the obstacle course stuff is really is really fascinating. I want to know more about this guy using a mirror for picture in picture. <laughs> I mean, uh, dude, I can tell people yeah, content's content, dude. You don't need the fanciest gear. You just got to make content, right? Blessing. It's very. I mean, it's very fascinating on TikTok. I just I went a whole tangent. I apologize, but like, it's been a whole thing where it's really impressive because yeah, people will do things like you know use a mirror to, for the picture in picture, or they'll just have the camera pointed at their TV, but at the same time they're Twitch yeah. streaming. But the cool thing about the way that TikTok works and like people building audiences on TikTok is that on the TikTok side, they'll have like 7.6K viewers. Meanwhile, yep. on Twitch, they'll have a few hundred. And so like really where it's at for them is TikTok and converting the TikTok audience into a Twitch audience. But like on like there was a, a TikToker I was watching who had like a thousand something viewers on TikTok. And they were talking to their Twitch audience, and they're like, man, oh, man, I have 100 people on Twitch right now. This is so cool. And I'm like, yeah, but you have 1,000 people on TikTok. Uh, like, do you not, like, what, like, I don't know. Like, it's it's such a cool, interesting thing. And, like, yeah. I'm, I'm into it. Like, I've been really into it lately. I found it. I mean, I, it's Rocket League Sideswipe, which is a Rocket League is. mobile game. It's a mobile game. Okay, yeah. that actually makes way more sense. It looks I fascinating. I want to try this out. Could literally talk days on this whole thing about streamer audience TikTok. It's like TikTok. I mean, the weight and gold, dude. Twitch is a hundred. There's a difference in there, man. TikTok is just a flimsy kind of follower count. I mean, you can't really mobilize them so much. But like, like I said, that's a whole other cast. I could go on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Totally, no. There, it is a very fascinating thing of like what content creation has done to way games like Rocket League are developed. But on top of that, like when there are these up and coming platforms, like look what. Uh, like TikTok even did to vertical video, right? Like yeah. they, they were kind of the first ones to really kind of understand that, hey, people have phones, smartphones, which are recording vertically, which means we should like kind of turn that into a content platform. And then everyone copies it and goes from there. It is a, it's a scary place. I know a lot of people don't like vertical video, but I mean, look, it's here to stay. And oh, yeah. it, like that's where I think the, the live streaming specifically on TikTok, that's the thing that I'm least into when it comes yeah. to being on TikTok, I think the algorithm is fantastic and it serves me everything I want uh, and all of my interests. And uh, that the algorithm stuff, is insane. It is insane. <laughs> the, and, I mean, talking about the vertical stuff, right? Like uh, most of the stuff I see are people who are also co-streaming to Twitch, which is why they they do like a, a like the janky setup on TikTok because they double dip. Go yeah, ahead. like they they double dip because you don't want to have to figure out how to do you know, run two different OBSs or whatever and have two different, mm -hmm. like, uh, uh, layouts for vertical and then another one for horizontal and, like, figuring out what all that looks like. And so they just set up a, set up a phone just to capture whatever's happening in the room and then they actually have their Twitch thing. But, I mean, I had a whole, probably, like, three months of uh, all the live content being people doing, like, the impossible 
uh like throws like they'll throw like a ping pong ball trick onto, like, five cups yeah, like, yeah, the yeah, trick yeah, shots yeah, yeah. yeah like them just doing the trick shot trick shot stuff and that populated my my uh timeline for what felt like forever but i couldn't get enough of it like anytime i would come across it i'd be like ah oh, shit it's this guy again and i watch it for maybe a good four minutes and i'm like fuck they got me and then i keep going and i see it again and i keep watching it again yeah well fascinating well moving on to more video game stuff in particular solar ash uh blessing you beat the game i did i want to start with your review your thoughts on solar ash solar ash is good it's a game that so to take people back right it's a game mm. that was announced i believe during the playstation 5 like that original showcase it's the follow-up to hyper light drifter from those same developers it is not a sequel it is a different type of game it is instead of being this 2D pixel art Zelda like game. It is more so a 3D. Uh, I would I would categorize it as a puzzle platformer with like action elements. It is mm-hmm. very pathless, and that is the thing that I had realized when Andy gave his preview of Solar Ash uh, on an episode of PS Love You a couple months ago. The more he described it, the more I was like, this sounds exactly like the Pathless. And now having played it and having beat it, it is exactly the Pathless to a fault. Like to the point where I'm like, mm. oh, this is doing all the same things that the pathless did but i wouldn't say there's much that this game does that is as good as the way the pathless does it so to put so to put the the setup of the game into context right i'd say both this game and the pathless take a lot of influence from shadow colossus where they put you in a world that is basically a a an open ruined world right like the world has been destroyed you're post-apocalypse and there is not really any life or anything left in the world uh and you go through you kind of you you explore and you are looking for these big uh uh boss-like creatures to essentially take out right it has that very shadow colossus thing where the narrative is minimal right they give you the setup in in solar ash the setup is you want to bring life into the world which is actually the same setup uh that uh, uh, uh the pathless had as well you're playing as Ray. You you want to bring life into the world because yeah, it is post-apocalypse, and you want to like reverse what happened. And it has that same Shadow Colossusy thing where it's like, all right, is what I'm doing good? Is what I'm doing bad? Are do these creatures deserve what I'm doing to them? All that same sort of stuff. Uh, and the thing that Solar Ash does that I'd say is unique to Solar Ash is its movement. The way you get around mostly is by skating. You press you you hold. Uh, one of the triggers and you hmm. do like kind of a smooth movement that'll take you faster and then if you press the other trigger it'll boost you forward and you get like a quick boost momentum which hmm. is a little similar to how pathless moves as well pathless is another game that is very much all about the momentum but in pathless if you remember you're shooting uh arrows at these talismans that are floating in the air and that'll uh, that'll be the thing that'll take you forward solar ash is a bit more i think approachable from that uh, from that aspect in terms of you know anybody can skate around anybody can get into it it's like playing something like jet set radio future where you're skating you're boosting and it's kind of fun to move around and jump around um but like you're doing all that stuff you are uh when you're introduced to a new environment in the game you are tasked with using your scanner to scan the world you'll see like a few waypoints and you can take waypoints in any order that you want but those waypoints will then take you to these quick like Plat- puzzle platforming obstacles that when you solve them you then like you partly unlock the boss right you essentially are trying to like stab a thing and then once you stab the thing i feel like a madman talking about that once you stab a thing you then open one of the eyes of the boss and once you stab all the things in the area that's when the boss fight opens and you go and you fight the boss and the bosses are usually these bigger shadow colossus like creatures that you mm-hmm. are 
getting on top of and skating through. It's it's less like Shadow Colossus in the in the way that Shadow Colossus is all about climbing and holding on and then like trying to get to that right spot to stab it. Uh, Solar Ash is more so you are on top of these bosses and you are skating through them and you are doing these kind of the same obstacle challenges that you were during the puzzle platforming sections in the mm -hmm. open world environment. But now you're doing those on top of a bigger boss. And the bosses, again, they are very Shadow Colossus-y. You'll have like a flying boss that looks a lot like the flying snake I mean, this is, from Shadow. This is crazy. Like looking at this B-roll right now, which is the boss that you're talking about. Like it, this looks like if uh, Hyperlight Drifter's art style had a baby with Shadow of the Colossus boss yep. fights and 3D Sonic games. <laughs> Which, like, <laughs> yeah. like, there's a lot of 3D Sonic stuff there, whether it's the grinding or just, like, the kind of boost mechanics, even, like, the, the yep. skating looks very Shadow-like. More I so think, even I mean, than a Jet Set radio, I think. Yeah, I think that is actually a really good pull for the, the Shadow the Hedgehog, because it does feel like that at certain points, right? It's not as fast, necessarily. Like, it, it when you're trying to get from point A to point B in the open world, sometimes it can feel like you're going a bit slow, but the momentum is there. That feels good, especially when you hit the boost and you hit a jump, and you get, like, that momentum in the air. That actually does mm. feel pretty good. But, yeah, there are a few bosses in here where I was like, Dude, that's that's straight up taken out of Shadow of the Colossus. Like you'll have a boss that looks exactly like the I think it's like boss number three in Shadow of the Colossus that has like the big like staff thing that'll hit down and like that you have to mm. break and then and then climb up. There's a boss that looks almost one for one for that. Um and like you know, it's a fun game. Like I, I throughout my time playing this game, even though I couldn't, I couldn't stop making those connections and comparisons to things that obviously influenced influenced it, like Shadow Colossus. And I think to some extent, the Pathless, even though the Pathless only came out a year ago, I feel like both of them probably took a lot of the same inspiration, had a lot of the same ideas. Which is funny because that is also an Annapurna game. Like I'm surprised that at no point somebody stepped in and were like, "Hey, should we like, I don't know, delay this to make it different or whatever?" But I think it being different developers, they just landed on this path. So it is what it is. Turns out they weren't pathless. <laughs> yeah, it turns out they had a very set path. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I think the thing for me with this game and having beaten it and my my takeaway from it is that it is it is good, but nothing in this game necessarily stands out as amazing. The the puzzles, the platforming puzzles, are good and adequate, and I think they are fun to do. Uh, but it's hard for me to go. It's hard for me to look at this game, go to somebody, and go, "You need to play Solar Ash," because from a from like a story level, there's not really much that is interesting there. Like they set up the world, and they have like they have a lot of dialogue, more dialogue than I think you typically get in this type of game specifically. But none of it really sets up as interesting until the very end of the game. I think the way the, the way the game ends uh, is pretty satisfying. It reminds me of something again like Shadow, where I was like, "Shit!" Like they. They're 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 going for something here. Like this this has meaning behind it. But throughout the whole journey there, you're getting to dialogue sequences with with another character named Sid, who essentially who is essentially like a vendor in the world and is like the one other character that you're really interacting with uh in this world. They're mm -hmm. a vendor and they're kind of like your uh, uh the person that you're interface interfacing with, and like they do they give like a lot of dialogue dumps, and again, none of them are really particularly interesting because this world doesn't feel like a world that is deep with lore it has it, i think it tries mm. to have the illusion that it is deep mm. with lore and that is the same thing I, I would say that shadow and the pathless both do and a lot of games like these do where it is hey let's show don't tell and i think oftentimes that works like when i when i think of something like like um eco or shadow i think putting you into that world and having you just deal with this small story that is happening in this world that gives you the illusion that it is bigger and greater and like there's something grand happening here 
I think there's a lot of potential for that to work. But I think Solar Ash does the opposite, and it does too much tell, right? It's not, like, filled with dialogue by any means, but it has way more dialogue than it needs to. And it has enough dialogue that breaks the illusion for me and makes me go, okay, you guys want there to be a world here, but I don't know if I necessarily believe in this world this doesn't feel big anymore this feels like something that is now narrowed down to the situation i'm in and i don't know if that's enough to actually carry this from a narrative perspective and so like you know that was that was a little bit of a letdown for me and then also on the game gameplay side of things like the the platforming never felt clean and perfect you know like mm. not that it needs mm. to be perfect like again it was it's it's fun and good but there are plenty of moments where i would be on a in a boss fight and I you know the one of the main mechanics is like uh, striking these staffs that are placed down in the world and like once you strike one the next one will unlock and you want to go from one to the other in a in a uh, in a allotted amount amount of time uh, before like they they disable right it's about speed and it's about like hitting them precisely at at times if you fail or if you take too long the game will reset you uh, or if you like land in the wrong place like if you if you land in like We'll say a damage spot. The, mm -hmm. the game will will reset you. There are plenty of times where I feel I'd feel like I'm in the flow and I'm getting it and I'm having a good time with one of those obstacles. And then I'd land in a spot where the game doesn't want, want me to land. It'll reset me. And I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, cool. Like that was my my mistake. Let me try this again. Let me see what I can tweak. And there are plenty of moments where I'll do it the third time, fourth time, fifth time. And I'm like, nah, like this game, like some of these obstacles feel like they aren't as intuitive as they could be in order to build the flow. Like the momentum has stopped less so because i'm not identifying what i need to do next it's more so the game lands me in places that it doesn't that in places that don't set me up for where i need to go next and so i would hit one bar and then land on like a damage spot or i hit one bar and then the game would bug out and like i would get floated way way uh far from what i where i wanted to be right um things like that happened enough to where i never felt like i i i never felt like it was as polished as it needed to be but mm. Like, yeah, like, taking all that into account and, like, taking into account, like, the puzzle design and, like, the world world itself and all that stuff, it's a fun game that I'm glad I played, but at the mm -hmm. same time, I don't think it's one that's going to stick with me. It's not one I'm going to think about. And, like, it's a bit upsetting because I was really looking forward to this one. Oh, that How was, long is it? Oh, go yeah, for it, Sancho. I beat it in eight oh, hours. Go ahead, Sancho. Oh, not bad. Not bad. My question, well, the whole thing I was listening to is, like, in looking at the, the B-roll, of course, I know once you get into this free flow, but is it mindless? Like it feels like at a certain point you're just like you mentioned that you do the things in the level and then the same kind of obstacles appear in the boss. Is it all of a sudden blend into one? I think that's why there's not a lot of sticky factors to it just based on what you're telling me. Yeah, it's it's fairly mindless. This this is the defi definition of a podcast game or a game that you play and then hmm. play your own hmm. music over it um like and oh I mean, no wait that sucks because yeah. this, you think that this has a killer soundtrack it does not and that is one of oh, my whoa. biggest complaints with this game is that like this is this is it like the game that should have a fucking dope soundtrack for the type of game that it is and the soundtrack is so forgettable and like yeah like at at, at a certain point i was just like well i guess i'll just play my own music or play my podcast because it's not really it wasn't doing anything for me in that regard also but yeah like it is very mindless and it's 
repetitive not in a bad way i think it is repetitive in kind of a relaxing way of the game is not never asking too much of you it is asking you to do the same thing over and over again and it does the thing where it introduces new mechanics which with each new area and those puzzle mechanics will define like the puzzles that you're solving in that area like they'll give you a hey here's a thing that if you if you um hit these generators it'll unlock a boost that'll carry you up that is the mechanic for this area and all the puzzles are based around that mechanic and i think that mm -hmm. stuff is fine and well and it's well done but at no point is it like super like at, at no point did i finish a puzzle and went fuck yeah like i feel like the smartest person in the world usually right. i would finish a puzzle and go all right cool like on to the next one like i figured that thing out all right cool like there are a couple puzzles i got stuck on for a while and not even puzzles actually the moments where i got stuck in the game were more more so the moments where either i get into a loop of like dying at a boss and um being frustrated with the way that the game would place me like in that boss like during mm -hmm. that fight or i would get stuck because like i said the game would put you in environments and then uh you would scan and then you're just going to the different waypoints in the world i would narrow it down to the last waypoint and i wouldn't be able to figure out like how I, how i'd get there and eventually i would and again it would never feel like a thing where i was like oh i figured it out it was more so oh you had to go you had to backtrack and then go down a tunnel as opposed to like trying to get to that location in the overworld it's stuff like that that never never truly felt like they were revolutionary or like i felt like i had some kind of revolution and that made me feel super good doing this it always just felt like cool this is a means to get to the next step of the game um and yeah like i don't know like it it, I, I think for the people that are that have seen trailers of Solar Ash or have interest in playing Solar Ash, I would definitely say check it out. But it's not one that I'm like, oh, you got to play this in the way that I would do for something like The Pathless. Like The Pathless for me, I came when I was like, you got to play this. Like, this is dope as hell. Um, but I, Solar Ash for me doesn't do any one thing that is great. Like everything it does is like adequate to good, but nothing mm. really pushes it over the top for me. So yeah. it looks like it's uh, 40 bucks. And it's available Ooh. on PS4, PS5, and uh, at the game store. Yeah, bless. What do you, what do you feel about the forty dollars price tag? Forty dollars. <laughs> I wouldn't pay forty dollars for Solar Ash. Like I, for me, it, it would be more of the probably twenty to thirty dollars range in terms of mm. like how I place value and what I'd feel comfortable paying for it. And like the time and the amount of content that's in there, it feels it 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 feels quicker. Um, but and there's another thing I'll say too is because you mentioned it's on PS4, PS5, and all that stuff. And you know this was revealed during that PlayStation Five presentation. Mm -hmm. Playing this game on PS5, I was surprised about how it ran uh, some of the time. Like this oh, is the first in game way. in a negative way. Yeah, Ooh. like this is the first game I've played on PS5 in a while, at least that I've had this amount of anticipation for. Where mm. throughout the whole experience, I was like, oh, this is a this is getting framey in weird ways. Like I couldn't find a performance versus fidelity option. It doesn't seem it doesn't seem like that's available at least during pre-launch. Maybe maybe that's a day one launch thing. I can't confirm that. Um, but that wasn't there. And then also as I was playing, there would, there would just be quite a few moments where I'll see a frame stutter while I'm in an open environment, and I'm like, this game, it's it's a pretty game because of the art style, but it's not so pretty that I expect it to technically be held back because of how much it's doing. Like a lot of the art style is fairly um, like non like super detailed in that way that you would think like oh this is pushing the ps5 in, in some way it doesn't really feel like it's doing that either and so i was pretty surprised uh uh at some of the frame drops i got the biggest thing in terms mm. of performance is when i beat the game uh i got to the final cutscene right beat the big boss got to the final cutscene and uh my cutscene froze up at like a white screen 
And, you know, at first I was like, oh, maybe it's like doing a thing because this is that kind of game. It's atmospheric. It's doing a lot of weird stuff with art. Cool. Let me wait for a second. And then I realized, no, my game is frozen. My game is straight up frozen because I gave it a while. So I was like, no biggie. I'll just redo it. Like it's final, the final boss fight took me a little bit, but I'll just redo the final boss fight. Closed my game, opened it back up, went to reload my game. Load is gone. My save is gone. It just, it deleted everything. And so I couldn't go back and actually finish that last cutscene. the entire game? Like your entire playthrough? My playthrough was gone. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Which was upsetting. And again, this is pre-launch. And so like maybe there's a day one patch that fixes this all and isn't like that. Maybe that isn't going to be an is- issue for like by the time you're playing this game. I hope that's bad. But, <laughs> yeah. That was, it was pretty bad. Like that was, that was kind of the final one where I was like, ah, oh, God damn. Like why? Like this is, it's a good game. Like this is a good game, but it just falls in specific places where I'm like, why you didn't need to do this? Like, why is this case? And I'm sure that's probably like a one in a hundred thing too of the game crashing on me like that. But still, it was it was a, it was a bummer. Like I'm wait, now I have to wait for the game to come out so I can actually watch the final cutscene because I am not going to replay the whole thing again. Uh, <laughs> like I didn't get to see the end credits for it, which was a bit of a bummer. But it, yeah, I mean, I mean, it really feels like to me because like these kind of games. As me as a gamer, you know, I'm mostly a multiplayer guy, but when a game comes like a hyper like drifter, like everyone gets excited, it's recommended, it's game of the year, everyone's talking about it, you gotta play it. But for you not to give that stamp of a game where like I you know, we wait to see what other reviewers have to say about this whole thing, but I think this kind of game needs that. It needs that kind of a push because if if not, if you don't get it from the fans itself of the the developers, I don't think it's gonna attract anybody else, considering that it doesn't have any kind of stickiness factor to it, blessing. Yeah, and I think like it's this is one that I would say is for fans of the genre, but the genre is so niche in terms of the type of game that it that this is that like again, if you watch the trailer and you're like that looks really cool, I want to play that, I would say play it. Like it, it is a fun game and you're going to get satisfaction out of it. I think the thing that that um the thing that'll bring it down for a lot of people is that this is from the Hyperlight uh, Drifter Studio and with that uh, yeah comes expectation and with like the how it was revealed right comes comes expectation and i don't think that hits that expectation if this is a game that was this developer's first game that like wasn't like like, came out of nowhere and i played it i'd be like oh shit you guys should check out solar ash like this game is pretty cool like there's something there like this developer is going to do something cool one day but playing it within the within this context i am like man i wish this is more um but you know and and i mean to your point of like talking about like top 10 or game of the year conversations I'd, i would be very surprised if like this game is in those conversations mm-hmm. uh and that is a bummer like i i i really wanted this game to be my shit and to in some places it is my shit because this is just a genre i really like and i really adore but it doesn't it just doesn't reach the heights that i think it could and it should sadly well before we move on oh Actually, oh, before go we move on, because we've been doing the the review scale. I've yeah. been introducing this into a lot of our game shows. Okay, okay. Uh, and so I'll I'll just intro it for myself, right? It is a four point scale. At the bottom is uh, don't bother. Above that is worth trying out. Above that is uh, uh, recommended, and then above that is game of the year contender. And if I had to put a number on this, I would put it at that. I'll put it at the worth trying out. Like it is, I, I wouldn't say this is a don't bother. I think again, in terms of the fans, fans of the genre thing, if this is a game that you see and you're like, I want to check that out, I'm not one to speak to value as much. Like forty dollars means something different to anybody. If you see this, to see the trailer, and you're like, that looks fun, and you have the money, or you want to catch it on sale or whatever, I would say it is one that is worth checking out because I think at the end of the day, it has the the puzzles are good, the gameplay and the momentum I think is fun. 
and I, I don't think it's like I don't think it's it's eight hours wasted by any means. I think it's a good time, but it's not one that I would necessarily say that you have to play by any means. Okay. Well, with that, let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Razer. With all the advances in gaming technology, you probably thought gaming laptops couldn't get any more beastly, but you thought wrong because you have yet to meet the Razer Blade 15 Advanced. It's packed with the latest and greatest that Intel and Nvidia have to offer that will take you to new gaming heights. The Razer Blade 15 Advanced provides high performance gaming on the go, striking the perfect balance between power and portability. The Razer Blade 15 Advanced models are equipped with stunning custom calibrated displays that include a full HD panel with an incredibly fast 360 hertz refresh rate. Of course, Andy Cortez would be thrilled to hear that. And if that that weren't enough, the Razer Blade 15 Advanced has a CNC-milled aluminum chassis with a matte black anodized finish. The Razer Blade 15 Advanced has a long list of premium high-end qualities that make it the easy choice in gaming laptops. Head on over to Razer.com to give the gift of gaming this year, or splurge and get yourself a machine that can do it all. Again, go to Razer.com, check out the Razer Blade 15 Advanced. And next up, shout out to Honey. Folks, we need to talk about your online shopping habit, because if you don't have Honey, the free online shopping tool, you're straight up doing it wrong. Honey is a browser extension that scours the internet like an algorithm pirate searching for buried promo codes. When it finds one that works, it applies it to your cart automatically, sort of like the mythical hero, Robin Hood. We've just mixed metaphors here, but you get my point. I've saved thousands of dollars using Honey over the years. It is so simple to use. You install it once, you don't need to think about it, and then anytime you're buying something, it just applies the codes. I've saved so much money on Hue Lights. Whether it's a big store like Best Buy or something smaller like an Etsy, this is going to help you save a lot of money. Honey supports over 300,000 stores online. Uh, and if you don't already have Honey, you could be missing out on free savings. It's literally free and installs in just a few seconds. And by using it, you're doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. Uh, so get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash kinda. That's joinhoney.com slash kinda. Seriously, if you're not using Honey, you're messing up. Joinhoney.com slash kinda. Hello, we're back. Sancho. You are one of the, the first people I think about when I think about esports, when I think oh, about these you. multiplayer games, and when I think about a little game called Halo Infinite that I'm sure we're going to be talking about a whole lot uh, in the coming weeks and probably in the coming months as well. And bless, I know you've been playing a lot of the multiplayer too, which I'm excited to hear about. But Sancho, what's your experience been like with Halo Infinite so far? And as somebody that I think uh, t takes this stuff a little bit more seriously even than, than we do, with the exception of maybe like Andy, uh, how, how are you feeling halo is going to perform as an esport oh uh halo is back halo is back in all facets like that is it is such a time machine because it's taking us all the way back to its glory days but anyone who had a, a concern or a worry that halo infinite was not going to be the best it, it is certainly the best thing right now i i'm blessing on your scale it is game of the year contender totally just the multiplayer itself is that strong and I've been saying this for the longest time. Microsoft is so smart in putting so much of this like power behind Halo and its franchise that I wish PlayStation would do the same thing. I've said this multiple times on all kind of funny podcasts that I appear on that PlayStation needs a multiplayer to champion and it does not have anything close to what Halo has to offer in Microsoft. And the best thing about Halo is that you could, the Xbox Game Pass is by far the coolest thing that's ever existed in this generation of video games. As a father, when I could play on my PC, I could play on my laptop, and I could play on my console whenever it's convenient. We're talking about that in itself is awesome. And 
On the eSport front, they just recently had the uh, Halo Championship Series, which I know uh, Mike was running some watch parties for, which, Mike, if you ever listen to this podcast, which I hope you do, you should do more of those because watch parties are the future when it comes to eSports and tournaments. But, Tim, I'm telling you, they had 40,000 the first week of open qualifiers. They had over 400 teams playing in the Halo open qualifier track, which means that anybody could play and compete against the big dogs, the actual pro teams. And then the second week, they come back and they have 50,000 for the grand finals. And we see Optic beating Cloud9 again. Like, those are really big numbers. And to just put in perspective, I'm a caster for Fortnite in their Fortnite Championship Series. And the FNCS, we kind of blew up huge because the World Cup, we had the hugest, biggest prize pools in, in gaming for one player winning over a million dollars in Booga. And so for the FNCS, you know, we're, we're you know, everything's going online, remote, and the audience is there and it's, and it's kind of like, it's not the same as lands for Fortnite, but for Halo to have such a very popular onset of viewership in the early phases with limited kind of pr promotion, not a lot of buzz around it when it comes to the esports, and then just after one week to get 10 more thousand viewers, that means words getting around and Halo Championship Series is here to stay and it's just a, such a good game to watch as well. I'm I'm telling you, it's it has that carrot or that cycle, Tim, where you want to watch it because you want to see what the pros are doing to get better, and then you go to your console literally right after the tournament's over, and then you play yourself, and then it just rinse and repeat, and stars are being born, and um, I, I I just I just can't believe it. I mean, Halo Halo did it. I mean, considering to come from a Craig meme, and everybody was like, no. Halo's done. This is washed. It's rinse. It's the veteran game, the franchise that would never do it, considering that Bungie, you know, stopped making it. Now 343 steps in, and they, for me, they haven't had the great Halo lore or the comeback in, in terms of it deserves. And then for it to hit hard this way, a surprise 20th anniversary launch working really well. Battle Pass aside, but uh, it, it is it is back, man. And then the esports scene is stronger than ever. And I can't wait for that thing to get to <laughs> Thanks, land. Barrett. Once it gets to land, it's going to get crazy. Yeah. Once it gets to what? Land. Like in, okay, so uh, land parties. Gotcha. in a tournament, like yeah. in an arena with like everyone's fans. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be crazy. It is prime what for is, that. What is it like mechanically about this Halo that you think is speaking to so many people in this way? Is it the fact that they're going back to the roots or is it something special about Halo Infinite that is speaking to people in a, in a new way? I think the biggest thing is that we've been in a gaming drought for such a long time. Like, to be real, as someone who's a content creator, who's a streamer, it's been like Battle Royales or Bust, which we'll get more on that later. But it just feels like everyone's been wanting something to enjoy that is not a Battle Royale. Because Battle Royales are kind of waning on a lot of the, the, I guess, the zeitgeist of when it comes to gaming. But... To, to mention what's making Halo Infinite so good is that it is Halo to the core. Like, there is not a lot of gimmicky things to it, but it still is modernized it just a touch to polish it enough just to make it more accessible. Like, adding the slide, the slide's so good, but there is ways that you could slide around the map to increase your mobility, and there is a skill gap to it. And I think what works as well is the map designs are so good, and they're so phenomenal, they flow really nice. It's nice to enjoy to uh, watch as well. You could keep up with the action, and that the the spectator needs some work in terms of the esports scenes. But the 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 commentary that they did and the pro, the the broadcast they did it really shines, and you could really watch what's happening because it's objective based. Mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, 4v4. I mean, and then you play, you, you know, I know you play the 4v4 and you know what to feel that it's a plain ranked and it just gets elevated so much for on a grand scale when it comes to esports. But I think what, what it plays well on controller, which is a great plus and plays well on mouse and keyboard, which is a great plus. They separate their player pools. So if you're just like, I don't want to deal with aim assist on mouse and, uh, for a controller, you can play your own mouse and keyboard lobby so you could get that vibe. And I, I just think the best thing about it is that it was built within mind of esports. Like literally within a couple of weeks, blessing, you have these sick pro like outfits. Like the Cloud Nine skin is amazing. Tim, have you seen this outfit? I've seen I've seen all the outfits and I'm very jealous and I want a kind of funny outfit really bad. I know that right now it's just actual like teams and shit, but I'm like at some dude, point they're gonna get desperate. At some point absolutely. they'll be like, I guess we'll fucking give you it, <laughs> <laughs> dude. But it's like sick because it's all black and it has that light teal, the kind of funny teal. So nice, it looks dude. So clean. But to uh, to kind of put a cherry on that, your question, blessing, is just that it's just it's Halo without the gimmicks and in, in a sense of like there's pickups for the boost, there's pickups for um, power pickups it's that classic arena style where the power pickups matter you understanding positioning matters the most there is gun skill involved uh there is grenade skill involved as well but i think it's just very digestible it's very digestible and it really champions the nostalgia factor of halo and it reminds people like hey this is halo for all the older gamers but if for the new gamers you're understanding like there is a world that you have yet to explore because you've been playing Fortnite or Warzone. And welcome back to what was gaming back in the day, which is the arena-style shooter, which is about positioning, which is about slower pace. It's not about overpowered power loadouts. Right. It's about power weapons. It's about understanding, like, what, you know, snipers on the board, go get it. Overshield, go get it. Like, call-outs. Like, all that kind of stuff is, is just really, really well done. And I think the esports scenes, it just shows you, like, that jump from 40,000 to 50,000, and all that happened on a Sunday. It's really hard to get an audience on any platform on a Sunday, considering you have the NFL. And for them to get that audience on two Sundays in a row, very impressive. Another thing I want to say is, uh, just from a player perspective and as somebody that is not good but has a lot of fun with it, I love the variety of all this stuff and being able to just pop yep. and get a match in here, get a match in there. But the Fiesta thing they've had going on recently, <laughs> I'm did. having a fucking blast with this. Which, did you play any Fiesta stuff, oh, Bless? Dude, I played so much Fiesta. And I think Fiesta is maybe the most fun I've had in Halo so far. Can, can you explain for the people that might not know what it is? Yeah, so Fiesta is a mode. It is a 4v4 four mode that is Slayer, which is just like a regular team match, uh, mode. And it's ba it, w the way it's structured is basically every time you respawn, you have a different loadout. And so you have a different primary, secondary, and equipment that you have. And it rotates like, randomly whenever you die and come back. Uh, and so basically it's everything... Everything is just out on the field, right? You don't know what weapon the person you're facing has. You don't know what weapon you're gonna have. And like when you when you kill somebody, obviously they drop their stuff, and so you can pick it up. And so there's it's this balance and rotation of like, all right, cool, I got this pistol that I don't really like, but I do have this um, the skewer which only has a limited number of of um, ammo in it. All right, let me find somebody who has a fucking like uh, energy sword. Let's find find somebody who has like a cinder shot or a gun that I like. Take him out and then steal their weapons and like you know try to have this rotation of 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 weapons that I love. It's yeah, the reason I I've been loving that so much is because I think 
it's twofold. Fiesta has opened me up to guns that I wasn't using before totally. and mm -hmm. making me really use stuff and making me understand like how to actually get good at stuff. Like I, I've been posting a lot of clips uh, of my Halo gameplay on my Twitter at Blessing Jr. Uh, and one of the clips I posted recently was me just using the, the grappling hook because the grappling hook was a weapon or was a, a, okay. a piece of equipment that I would see videos of and I'd go, man, if only I could use it that good. Um, but I'd stay away from it because you know like i'm how often do i have a grappling hook that's the thing that in the regular match you have to go and find out in the map um but in fiesta i would spawn with it enough because it's like one of what like six or seven pieces of equipment and you know i would have enough that like i'd feel comfortable being like oh i'm gonna try try this thing out or use it and within only a few matches of going back and trying to find the grappling hook over and over again because i got more addicted to it i've I've fallen in love with that thing to the point where I'm like, can we just have a mode that just lets you just have the grappling hook automatically and infinitely? Because it is such a such a fantastic piece of equipment in the way that, you know, like I'll see somebody run a certain direction, get a grappling hook in an angle, swing around and get behind them before they even get there and be able to take them out in that way. Right. And that combining that with other pieces of other weapons or other pieces of equipment that you know, I I wouldn't know how to use or I didn't know how to use prior and learning that, oh shit, the grappling hook and the the hammer is a dope ass combination. <laughs> or the is. grappling hook and the shotgun, Man. which I didn't like the shotgun until I started using it with the grappling hook. Sick combination. Like it Fiesta has opened up my game and has has been some of the most fun I've had in Halo thus far. Blessing, that's what the Forge is for, man. Just wait for the Forge. Oh, when I the can't Forge wait. comes out, man, you're going to see so much creativity. And I think uh, it's Halo is smart, uh, and the developers are smart because they understand that people want the... Uh, like, when it comes to free-to-play, the only thing that will entice people to do anything is outfits and custom items because that's the only thing you can uh, do. Uh, so when they introduce the Tenrai Samurai outfit, or the whatever the event is, granted... That thing is hard. Like to, to grind that 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 event, it was insane. I I remember staying up at two in the morning trying to get five killing sprees in a row in Fiesta, and that one itself, I was gonna. I was. It, there were times where you're frustrated, but when you actually got the the challenge done, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm really oh, yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh yeah. There's nothing like a grappler and energy sword to help you get that uh, killing spree. You're just unstoppable. You're like a killer Batman. Um. But no, dude, it, I think what you're describing is what Halo works and what video games nowadays actually work the most is that water cooler moment. You just breaking down your favorite play that happened before. You're telling your boys, you're telling your friends, you're tweeting it out. Like that virality, which is something that I always consider when it comes to video game, is something that Halo is going to champion. And there's different levels of it. There's a casual level like for us. In a sense of like playing Fiesta, big team battle, TikTok, man. Halo TikTok just loves big team battle. You see nothing but the uh, these big team battles of capturing the flag, these chaotic plays. And then on an escalated level, you have the virality of the esports scenes where they're pumping out these big events and they're pumping out these high value uh, broadcasts. And so it's just going to that that ecosystem of Halo is strong. And to have it without the game's single player is amazing. And that's the whole thing I'm trying to say, Tim, is that if PlayStation would just understand, <laughs> if you could understand there, you could build an ecosystem off of multiplayer and it could just boost everything and it could keep a game in the news cycle, right? 
all of a sudden, hey, this new tournament came out. Oh, this new outfit came out. This new event came out. This new collaboration Dude, came out. Like you, like I mean, all those things. you're one of the, the biggest fans I know of Last of Us Factions, right? And like me and you both stand over and like are super anticipating. I'm a simple over, bro. I'm a simple over. <laughs> yeah, like both of us simple over Last of Us Factions and we can't wait for the next one. And, you know, like think about the dream if the Last of Us Factions was treated the same way that Halo Infinite is being treated right now, right? Where it came out, if it was free to play, if it was, hey, we like, you know, you can play as like, create your own character or like you know you choose between the fireflies or like the the like whatever faction yeah, that you right. want to be the wolf. right 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 yeah the wolves like whoever and be able to like build that character and then like have those cosmetic unlockables but then also have the freedom and like the 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 dynamic gameplay of last is part two right because i think that's what works about halo infinite so well is the fact that it feels so dynamic in the way that anything can kind of happen right like you like you're grabbing whatever's at your disposal oh should i see a hammer let me grab that real quick turn around get this guy use my grappling hook swing around get this get this other guy what if you can translate that to something like last of Us factions where it is i'm hiding under this car i'm gonna listen for a little bit okay there's a guy over there i have two bullets in this gun i have three bullets in this gun how do i balance that like there's so much that you can do there and if you're able to to support it and give it like if, if you're able to support it and actually treat it in a way where you are going for building a community around this one game as opposed to having like a lot of the one and done stuff that that um we traditionally have with playstation which is dope and awesome right because we look forward to the horizons and like all all these mm -hmm. games that are single player come we play have fun together and then we move on to the next one if you can have an ongoing game like that that is all about hey keeping people in for the next year or two years or three years or whatever the life cycle of that game is there's so much potential there that you know, you can build you can build an audience for that thing that gets that that end up getting obsessed with it over time. So I want to take that and, and throw this at you, Sancho. We, we've talked a lot on this show and a bunch of shows about does Halo need a battle royale and this whole kind of concept. I want to twist that just a little bit. You have been in the battle royale scene for a long time. You do Fortnite yeah. casting like you're very ingrained in this in the ecosystem. Um, so from from uh, Fortnite to Apex to Warzone, what? could halo do with the battle royale at whatever point like what do you think would make the halo battle royale stand out do you think it's going to happen anytime soon where's your head at I, I, there's this whole notion about the the big three which i like to call the the war zone apex and fortnite right that the impenetrable like impenetrable like battle royale anyone that comes out to contest them they just get shot down fortnite comes out with a new mode new season and all of a sudden everyone stops playing the new battle royale Halo, the reason why everyone's pining for a Halo Battle Royale, and I think what this whole, uh, this new audience kind of mantra is to him is like, Halo doesn't need a Battle Royale, but Battle Royale genre needs a Halo, which I agree mm -hmm. with that, with that notion. As someone that's been playing the Battle Royales for such a long time, there's really cool niche Battle Royales, but for the big dog Halo... To have a Battle Royale, it's, it, it, it will bring an element to Battle Royales that it's like, missing. What's really working in the arena style right now is those moments where you see someone and it's a 1v1 in your 50-50s and all of a sudden you outplay them and then you beat them. But imagine that on a grander scale where there's 100 players. It doesn't need to be 100 players, but 32, 64 players and you have to be the last one standing. And what works for Halo is that there's a lot of components that a lot of people were turned off from Battle Royales where like you, see, you get seen and you die instantly and it's over. Like no one likes that feeling in Battle Royales. Yeah, that it adds to intensity, but no one likes to die in a blink of an eye. Like in Warzone, you get melted. In Fortnite, you get melted. Granted, you could build the stop to death in Fortnite, but it doesn't compare to anything when it when it has Halo. Like you have an you have a 
system already in play where you have a shield already built in. So if someone surprises you, you could turn and fight them for a brief second. Like that in a sense is exciting to me. Not only that, you have the lore, you have the map designs are phenomenal. And if Apex Legends could create multiple maps that are built for battle royales, they're not like these hodgepodge of big areas altogether, you could have a phenomenal experience. But to go back to my point, battle royale does need a halo because the big three are waning in terms of their their popularity, in terms of their their long like it's just the the you're just missing like a sci-fi battle royale, right? And that's why I'm thinking that Halo mm -hmm. could definitely fill that void. And what's it's interesting is like it won't affect what's happening on multiplayer. <laughs> it won't affect what's happening in single player. Granted, I know maybe the developers need to pull some assets and there's a you know, whole team. Who knows? Maybe they already have it. You asked me, Tim, are they going to do it? I think it would be a missed opportunity if they don't do a battle royale because what's worked really well for Warzone is that they have the ability, they have this vicious cycle, what I like to call for Warzone, is that you grind the multiplayer so you could get better weapons to play in the battle royale. And you so you just end up in this cycle loop because you want to unlock things. But imagine if Halo had the same kind of loop where you play the multiplayer with your friends and then all of a sudden you play a battle royale for a special event to unlock a special outfit or cosmetic that you could only get in the battle royale. And then you play that for a bit and then, oh, the new playlist, the new playlist is out and you just keep that cycle going. I think it's just, it just makes sense. I mean, Battle Royale, to me, is not a fad. It's not a popular thing. It's a mode. And I, and I know maybe Mike has said it or maybe Andy has said it, but it's just narratively, narratively, it's its own story. Every Battle Royale journey is different. And you would have that in a Halo world. Oh and God, that yeah. in itself sounds amazing. That's what I mean. That's, it's like yeah. it's, its own, it's its own experience. I'm I'm really hopeful that they focus on what they have right now, specifically figuring out the whole progression model uh, stuff yeah. and like kind of fine tuning all that. But going back to what Bless was saying earlier about Fiesta mode and how brilliant it is to introduce it so early in people playing this game where it's introducing people to all the weapons. It's introducing this kind of chaotic fun. It reminds me less of playing Smash Brothers and turning all the items on. And it's more like playing Smash Brothers and turning on just the final smashes where mm -hmm. it's still the same gameplay. It's still the same skill of one-on-one -on -one or whatever you're doing but there is this one element of like oh crap there's something extra here that uh can totally turn the tides and th there's a chaos to it right but it's more of a controlled chaos and i love that about halo and i love that it feels like 343 have totally nailed what they were going for with this and i want to see how they're going to progress it because i like the idea of them slowly introducing different modes and like they know what the fan favorite modes are you know what i mean like we know we got swat we know we got the shoddy snipers we know we have all this stuff but i feel like if they do a good job right now of breadcrumbing it and kind of keeping people coming back and really building a foundational core of like what the halo multiplayer experience is and will continue to always be they can kind of eventually months down the line bring back some classic maps right and have this right. big drop moment of like cool we're on hang em high again or we're on uh lockout or whatever it is but then keep going and eventually add this battle royale mode like maybe even a year from now you know what i mean i don't think there's yeah. any rush to get this done because what they have right now is so great and like i don't want it to be a what have you done for me lately they're doing it right now like they're doing it lately and it looks like they're going to continue to to do it with uh the way this uh season one battle pass is working so i'm really really hopeful um, for, for where we're at earlier, you mentioned this being a game of the year contender from multiplayer alone. And I totally agree. And it, it really, I think is, uh, telling that every single person I know that has played infinite 
it multiplayer is in that same kind of conversation. There's no one's like, eh, it's fine. Right. Well, I mean, there's two things though. I really want to harp on that. I feel like there's there's just a couple of things missing. So when Halo Infinite, yeah, we could talk about the progression, but I feel like once the weekly challenges is over, I felt like there was really nothing else to do casually, right? With rank, I understand like right now, if, if people are interested, in my, I hit diamond in the, in the controller solo duo lobbies and solo duos, I'm in plat, um, platinum in controller and crossplay. So I put a lot of hours in the bad boy, right? And, and so if I'm not grinding rank and I want to play casually and I'm not progressing for each match for XP, which I know they're looking into, and I've already unlocked all my weekly challenges, what else is there to do? Right, I want to still be in this Halo world. Sure, when the single player comes out, maybe I dip in a single player and check it out a mission or two. But keep me in your universe, you know, like keep me locked in. We always talk about what click through rates when it comes to content grade. Keep me clicking here. Let me let me stay in this world. And I think that's what Battle Royale will definitely add to that. Will will kind of be a good supplement to that. And I, I agree with you, Tim. Like, why not have it at the next Game Awards, ladies and gentlemen? We have Battle Royale and have the whole you know hundred Spartans coming in and you're and you're flying in and you're on a a drop shit, like whatever yeah pelican like whatever you know do all those kinds of things like why not make, make it happen uh microsoft but i i still think like the story here is that they have a strong core and they could really build off the core and they could just fix the core uh like just a little bit of adjustments here and there it's nothing too crazy but i i just feel like halo for a game that literally came out the last minute in terms of game of the year to be a, a contender for me is just a statement in itself yeah, I think Halo, I've, if I had to predict, I would predict that Halo is going to get a battle royale at some point in the next couple of years because it being built as more of a platform this time around that people can jump into, it being free to play and it trying to go for that longevity factor over the uh, you know premium drop of a game, I think, that, I think that gives it more of an open space to be like cool how do we how do what what do we want to put in this thing right like how do we drop content updates like what what else can we do can we do with halo and i think i mean i i think you're absolutely right in terms of battle royale needing a halo because that's been the i think that's been the arc for me that i've i think i've talked about on a previous games cast of i've played so much apex right i played i was super into fortnite uh in like 2018 you know i played PUBG <laughs> a little bit before that apex came out and apex was my obsession when it came to battle royale and that was my favorite shooter i played in years but even apex i've waned on uh quite a bit especially since they've dropped arenas and i think them adding arenas into apex was the thing that made me realize that oh shoot now i'm in the mood for an arenas type mode like i want to go back to something that that is more uh 3v3 based or like uh team versus team as opposed to being at a big ba big battle royale but having those options bundled together i think gives good choice in terms of hopping into apex for people that are apex devotees to go in and go what am i in the mood for today what am i feeling today and have that choice of friends of oh yeah let's go to battle Roy battle royale fuck around or like let's try hard <laughs> in arenas i think halo, halo would benefit from that and halo also is kind of is needed in the space because i think there 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 is that i think general feeling of i don't think there's a looming game that is going to break in to mm. that top three of battle royale right because right now it is fortnite it is warzone and it is apex and for any of the games that we've seen either announced or games that have tried they've faded away pretty quickly like the previous one i can think of is hyperscape which you know oh. i don't even think was hot for a week i think that came out and people immediately were like nah we're going it back. Was good, it was a good game though, man. Like it, I, it I, really played, I grinded that game too. It was a good game, man. Yeah. But like I think I think Halo could be what Hyperscape was trying to be. And like 
in a 10, 10 times more type of way where, you know, Hyperscape was about, you know, focusing in on the arena style gameplay. It was right. you picking up the weapons that were available. It was you going fast paced. It was you picking up the equipment and the abilities. And Halo kind of has all that stuff, right? Halo has uh, the over the top weapons, the sci-fi weapons. Halo has the equipment. Like imagine dropping down and finding, finding a grappling hook is like your first thing uh, going, oh, let's fucking go. I got my favorite yeah. thing. Like there is so much there that they can do. And, and I think they could do it in a way that, would actually stand up against all the big battle royales. And at the same time, it's like, it has that notion where, the thing is, the thing about the battle royale genre, Blessing, is that there's, every time a AAA studio does something, it moves it just a little bit. I keep saying this in, in everything that I do, is like, there's a baby steps in the genre. So for Hyperscape, I think the notion of them having the souls or whatever, the ghost person, and you just yeah. run up to another down body, was phenomenal. I thought that in itself made the gameplay fast paced and it made everybody coming back again to keep playing. The thing about Hyperscape is though, is that I was quite surprised the reason why it went away so fast is that Ubisoft, when it's behind something, it does not let things die so quickly. Rainbow Six was dead on the door, not uh, dead on the doorstop a long time ago, but then it resurrected itself and Ubisoft mm -hmm. got behind that monster. But uh, I, I think you're, you're right about, definitely about Battle Royales. And I think the thing about it is though, is if Microsoft or, or 343 wants to do a Battle Royale, they have to commit. They cannot do what DICE does when it comes to Battlefield. No. I, I love Battlefield's Hazard Zone. It's really good. I think it adds another baby step to that Battle Royale genre, and it's it's different. But you cannot be like, this is not a Battle Royale. It's our own Hazard Zone. It's 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 one life to live, but just just commit to it and, and, and really make it something special. If you want to do objective-based Battle Royale, that's cool. But call it a Battle Royale. Like Don't, don't be afraid of that term. And, and that's the same thing just to circle it all back. To Last of Us and Naughty Dog, listen, I know people don't want Naughty Dog Battle Royale. I've seen the comments everywhere, everywhere. Like, no, we don't want Battle Royale. We don't want Naughty But I keep telling people forever until I'm blue in the face, until I see it on the Game Awards this week. Who knows? <laughs> um, <laughs> who knows? Um, Naughty Dog's immersiveness could add another Dude. immersion to Battle Royale that's never been done before. Never been like, done imagine before. Blessing. Imagine I'm 100% I'm 100% with you. I I've, I've thought about this for years in terms of like what the title like playing factions and looking at how good that game is at the survival aspect, at the looting, but, at the crafting, at the listen mode, at like all the stuff that Last of Us does well. The way yeah. that that'll translate into a dope ass Battle Royale game, I'm all about it. I think they'd be and, dope. And do you not forget that that Last of Us factions had a last man standing? Like that in itself mode. is like the most is the most intense feeling in an arena shooter ever. You have one life to live. You're playing against ten other people, ten other uh, four other players, but they have ten lives, and you could whittle them down, and you could win it all. Like that in itself is, is just a notion of it. But I I know that's a, for a different cast. <laughs> it's a different no, podcast. Hey, it could be but, this one, man. So like, oh, in your I, I, your guys' mind, what is what is the pitch for a Last of Us factions battle royale here? Like, are, how many players? Uh, make it intimate. Make it thirty-two. Yep. Don't go too crazy. Keep it intimate. Yep. Keep it to where your your map is a really like decently sized map, but make it to the biggest kind of. I would say penalty in battle royales is they never give you the reason why you need to win. They never give you a reason why to keep playing. You could win, cool. Make a highlight, cool. But Night Dog has the ability to give you that reason why to win. They could add story elements. Maybe you unlock a cutscene. Maybe you get uh uh whatever materials you win with you could take back to your home base you could build out a base there's like so many dude, different i mean the, the the last of us factions one had the thing that i think is the first step of what you're talking about where it was right. the overarching thing of hey you have a camp and 
based on the way you perform in each match, you are bringing food back to your camp to feed the people, or you're losing people at your camp, and you will see those numbers rise and dip. The, I the pizza dish. <laughs> yeah, like I think you could do that that exact same thing and expand it and make it more interesting in the way that Sancho was talking about, where it is maybe maybe instead of it being just like a narrative like text thing, you have right. like you, when you boot up factions, you are placed in an actual physical location like a camp in the way that you do in Back for Blood, but you can right. do it in a Last of Us way that is way cooler and way more detailed. Yeah, and, and the thing is, people, like, I, it's not this, like, I don't want a plane to jump in and you drop off and you pick a spot. No, but battle royales can be different. I, I think of Blood Hunt, which is a vampire battle royale, Tim. Like, how awesome is that? It's a vampire <laughs> battle royale, right? You you literally spawn into a map. So you spawn in and you know exactly where everything is. You know, if I go this way, I can find this. If I go that way, I can find armor. And the way they theme that battle royale around vampires... To get your health back, you suck the blood of your enemies and other people. Like, like, and that in itself is just smart and it's clever, and and, and it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel generic. And that's what I'm talking about. Naughty Dog's never generic. When Naughty Dog does something, when they have a studio behind it, when Neil Druckmann's like, "Hey, we have a multiplayer," words that I never thought Neil Druckmann would say, and but he's like, "We have a multiplayer and we're working on it." So who knows what they have and what they've been working on? But I, I just it's just like your favorite movie director, Tim, and you know, like, they could knock a genre out of the park. So, like, I'm sitting here waiting for Wes Anderson to make an action movie. Like, that's what I want to yeah. see. It's like so, Edgar Wright saying he's going to make a yeah. Marvel movie, right? It's yeah, like, like, oh, shit, I want to see that. And then or Edgar Wright making a horror movie like he did this year. <laughs> yeah, like, like give me give me that sauce. Like, I, this is what I want. I know you have the possible. And more and, and more overarching thing. Uh, PlayStation, it, you need a vehicle to drive multiplayer. Like I, I know you make phenomenal single players, but you, you need to have that. And there's probably someone out there is like, oh, here we go, Sancho again, talking about PlayStation multiplayer. But I mean, it, it, they're, it, they're thinking about it, right? Because they, I mean, right. they've done the thing now where they've been partnering with studios and announcing those those studio partnerships for PlayStation studios earlier in the year. And they talked about how Jade Raymond's making a game, and they've talked about like Deviation Studios, which was which was revealed at uh, uh or during uh E3 at at Jeff Keighley's thing, and then there was right. the other studio. Studio Firewalk Studio, I believe is what it's called. That is that said they are working on a shooter, right? So they have this in mind. I think it is the all right. So, but what does this, what does it look like? Because we they've not announced it. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, dude, you have Resistance Fall of Man, you have Killzone, you have some of the greatest franchises that's ever. You have Twisted Metal, the OG of battle royales. When it comes to that's one so life funny, life. yeah. Like, like you, you have all this great stuff, and I know Battle uh, Twisted Metal is coming back. Um, but you know, it, it's just a thing. Like at the end of the day, battle royale is it works as a viewer on 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 like on live streams because it's a narrative that people see. And with Naughty Dog's narrative storytelling, immersion Dude, music. I mean, the, I mean, when everything. you talk about that, I mean, I, you hit the nail on the head in terms of battle royale. Each match kind of being its own story, and that was the thing that I think brought a lot of people into PUBG. And like PUBG is, is when I didn't necessarily feel the magic yet of battle royale. But toward the toward that transition of me playing PUBG and then getting more into Fortnite, I think I was having the moments where you know I would land, get in a car with friends. Oh shit, let's go hide in this bathtub or whatever for a minute because we hear footsteps and we don't have weapons. Like you know that that is the story, right? That is the narrative. The thing I loved uh, about playing Last of Us Factions back in the day uh, was. Okay, cool. Start start of the round, and I'll do like the last man standing. So it is you take right. out the four other players on the team, like they're done in like a battle royale right, kind survivors, of survivors, right? Survivors, survivors. Right. Yeah, that's right. the mode I love to play because it was mono a mono. Like you know, there's reason to finish. Like you got to finish people off so that they don't they don't right. get revived. All that stuff. 
Um, but it was at the beginning of a round. All right, do I want to put money into making my gun more powerful, or do I want to uh, uh, make this attachment for my melee weapon? Because I know if I get two hits or one hit off with my melee weapon, that's going to end them. I'll do that instead. And getting into those fights where it is, all right, one v two. Okay, I see them. I can hear them walking because they're running, and I, they don't know I'm here. I'm going to crouch out, use my uh my silence my my silencer crap my silencer broke. Cool, run up. Use the melee, melee broke, and like now it's down to the wire. And right. in that game mode, they already had that happening. Like I can easily, easily, easily ima imagine that being translated into a battle royale sense and having those stories exist throughout a like a, a ten minute, twenty minute match of me exploring yes, through. That's a map. all it needs, and that that's all it needs. And I think there is a a violence and aggression that is present in the Last of Us that would make that really intense, like more intense than many maybe any other battle royale I played. Like I think they have that in them and i would love to see them give it a try i don't know if that's oh. what last of factions the next one is going to be i have a feeling that they're going to just going to do the 4v4 stuff and like just have it be an evolution but i would want them to like really expand out and like go for it because i think they will be able to have a big footprint in terms of what that what this space is doing i mean i gotta Which be honest fun. like i i struggle to see i i love what you guys are saying but i struggle to see how you can apply the naughty dog type of storytelling to a multiplayer uh, game specifically a battle royale type of game like i you're it, a little bit more intimate not too many characters shorter matches all that that's fantastic but the idea of rewarding people with a cutscene, like that that would get old fast wouldn't it oh no no i just more mean like there's different i, I want battle royale developers to think of beyond the win right i think that's what i'm asking for is like it could it be like we're all working towards a lore story we unlock a piece as a community you know maybe of a stretch tim but in terms of why are we winning? Why the why? I think Nigel can answer. And to like, picture this. So you spawn in, and maybe it's an objective battle royale where you know you need supplies from this area that has clickers, that has bloaters. But like Hunt Showdown, there's a monster in the level, but there's 32 actual players running around as well. So you understand that if you see a real person out in the map towards that objective, that that's a real person, that they're on the same kind of beat as you are, they, they need supplies for their encampment, and you need to kill them. If not, you're killed, and that's it. You lose that opportunity for those materials. Maybe um, there's a game called... Oh, oh, there's another game called... That's on the PlayStation. Vigor. Vigor is like that. Vigor is like that, too, where everyone's working together to try to get supplies and get out of the map and extract. Kind of like um, uh, Tarkov as well. So you could add that element to it. So I just think that it, it's... It, it, Naughty Dog just would add a little bit more substance to the genre that I think that Battle Royale is lacking. Because even in Fortnite, you win, but that's it. Like, there's, I got XP. You know, you know what I mean? I want more than just XP. I want, I want more than just the vibe of the win. I want, like, I want the juice. Yeah, and I think there's probably something there, too, in terms of seasonal content where... You know, like Apex every season, there's a new character that's added and that char character has a backstory and cutscenes and all that stuff. I don't, depending on what factions is, they maybe will do something like that. Maybe not because I don't think that's going to be like a hero shooter by any means. But right. maybe they find their own way to do it where it is, hey, we are adding in this new area. And this new area is uh, is like belongs to this new faction that we're adding in. And like this faction is known for X, Y, and Z thing, right? Like they only use hatchets as weapons or like some like some, yeah. some kind of backstory yeah, yeah, yeah. that like yeah. helps fill out the world of the last of us and like i i wouldn't like i think from the narrative perspective it becomes hard because we know naughty dog as being these folks that specialize in like the single player cutscene to cutscene, like building character all this stuff and i think the way you would have to use 
multiplayer uh and like the, the way you would have to use that sort of thing is to just build out the world as opposed to like focusing in on it right like battle royale or last of factions multiplayer wouldn't be able to have a joel and ellie or an abby or like a lev yeah. or any any specific character that uh is like spawned from that and pe that people become fans of that people like connect themselves to maybe but i don't think that's i don't think that would be the vision i think the vision would be how do we how do we expand the, the lore of the last of us in a way that you know maybe like we introduce like this faction we introduce this area of the game in the multiplayer and then like people don't expect it to like appear in the single player but then years down the line the last is part three they give a <laughs> tease to it or like you know you actually go there and it is oh shit like i know this this uh faction was introduced here like i think there are ways that you connected that way that could be cool and could feel more deeper and more meaningful than we often get from other multiplayer games which feels like this is servicing the multiplayer story but not necessarily something that i am invested in mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there is lore in fortnite if you look for it it's there it's true it's in the, it's in the cutscenes and everything and, and their events which is happening soon but i i, I just i agree I like Give give me give me give, give me that Naughty Dog spice, and then at the same time, like if you induce introduce a whole new faction, or maybe more of the factions that we already love, more of the Fireflies, um, Rattlers, Rattlers, you know what I mean? Like oh that kind God. of. Oh man! Like the, the, imagine if you're like um, a community of Rattlers, and you have like these number of wins that, and because your Rattler has so much number of wins, that maybe you get special access to something like. And stuff like that. I remember Mortal Kombat doing that one point where they had like you pick a faction and the wins and losses mattered for something. But I, I just think that it's just it, it'd just be one of those it'd just be one of those things like just like a battle royale for Halo, it'd just be a missed opportunity to see what they can do. And I know Naughty Dog is a fan of the battle royale genre themselves. So I, I just want to know like what can they do with it and Do you really think know. they're 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 gonna be at game awards? Dude, I think they will be because I'm bad luck when it so, comes so to. So you things. say this every single show, and listen, I love you for it. You're listen. like, we're gonna see factions here. But to be fair, <laughs> at some point we gotta see factions. Yes, we have to see factions. But like, for me, I'm working that day, something else. So I know because I'm working that day, they will do something, and I'll be like, well, there goes my reaction to it. But no, <laughs> I, I I really feel like they 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 have to be here. Like, when else? Blessing when, bro? Like, when else? I mean, like, Greg Miller. Greg Miller said on the, the game podcast, is ready. Like a year and a half ago, that like. Oh, it's probably getting canceled. And like when he said that, I was like, "Now you said it's gonna be, be true because it happens every single time." You say Persona Five is gonna get delayed, and it gets delayed. It happens every single time. I just, no I just way. hope that it ex exists. Like that's where I'm at right now. And like I think we've had recent uh, like job postings from Naughty Dog in terms of uh, that is like them still hiring for multiplayer stuff. And so like at this point, I believe it still exists, and like, I got hope for it. But like, I mean, it's been what a year and a half since Last of Us Part Two. How long do you want to work on Last of Us Factions before you get into your whatever your next project is at Naughty Dog? I would hope that maybe Factions is around-ish the corner. Like maybe it is a 2022-2023 thing, and that would maybe make sense to announce it. It could. I mean, here's the thing: for multiplayer, I think it could also make sense to announce and then drop it. Like have it be a, a, a like a same day kind of thing. But I just want to see it. And so I hope they announce it earlier I mean, just so I can like get hyped over it. The Last of Us 1 was announced at the Game Awards. And that was a very different Game Awards with a very different sized audience and, mm -hmm. and you know, type of understanding Spike of even TV. what that show is. So with this, it's like, I mean, hey, that would be a, a huge stage for them. And, you know, just been talking about two and a half years. That's around the time when Last of Us uh, Factions was first kind of talked about as not being part of the Last of Us 2 um, oh, we package. took that hard, man. The community took it hard, multiple community, because 
I, you know, I, you know, I'm part of that community. I foster it. And we took that hard because it was just like, Hey, there's lots of us too. You know, that, that type yeah. of beat. I feel it's, it's, of it's funny because I think I, 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 I was similarly bummed and I forget what podcast I was on. It might've been like a kind of funny podcast. This was before I actually worked at, at kind of funny, but I think I was here during the, uh, like my up and comers week. And so I think I have any on content. Mm -hmm. I was like, damn, like factions, like, oh man, this hurts. And I think everybody yeah. else was like, really? Like you care that much about factions, but like, yeah, like factions is a really, really fun, uh, 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 mode in that game. And for me, it was like maybe the most hours I put into last of us was in factions, right? Like I played more factions just naturally more than the single player. Like that is yeah. half of my experience of the last of us. And the, it was so good that like, it goes hand in hand with why I love the last of us so much yes. because the multiplayer was so good. I, 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 I hate to say this, but I'll, I, I'll say it. I've only played The Last of Us once, the story once. Played hours and hours and hours in the multiplayer. Only played The Last of Us Part Two once. And it pains me that we had two and a half years of not playing factions. So, mm -hmm. Game Awards, please, 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 please. We're hopeful, man. Hey, next week of the Game Awards, we will be re reacting live right here, or not here, but you know, there on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. And then here on youtube.com slash kind of funny games, it will be uploaded as a vod i don't know why i got so messed up there by my mind tim it's you like motherfuckers the... know what we're talking about okay <laughs> there's some shit you can find it in places on the internet there you fucking go just type kind of funny into google and see what it's happens. only tuesday this week tim it's only it tuesday. is only tuesday <laughs> i need greg miller back in my life god damn it uh but central where can people find you uh you can find me at sancho west on all social medias at twitter instagram and on twitch and on TikTok as well. And if you you love podcasts, you can check out my 10-minute checkpoint podcast. Very short, 10 minutes, in and out. Get you up to date on these kind of rantings that I have when it comes to multiplayer and video games and movies and all this other kind of stuff. Have you ever thought about streaming The Last of Us Factions on TikTok? Oh, dude, with I need mirror, more mirrors. I need more mirrors. Mirror. <laughs> it needs to be a broken, derelict mirror, though, to feel the vibe. You know? Oh, and yeah, then, that's a good call. Yeah, and then a window in the background just randomly mm -hmm. blowing in the lean. Yeah, that's oh, what yeah. I need. That's good. That's damn good. Everyone, go follow him, Sancho West. What an amazing human being. Love to have him. Love finally doing a show with you, man. This has been a blast. Uh, we're about to do the post show. So patreon.com slash kind of funny games members. You know what to do. Just stay here. And everyone else, you know what to do. Go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and sign up. But until next time, I love you all. Goodbye.